Welcome to the LaQuay Family Podcast. Today's episode is about lifelong friendships and how they reflect the image of God. This episode links to a blog that I've written for Celebrate Kids. Many of you know that I've written several blogs for Celebrate Kids, founded by Dr. Kathy Cook. And this links to the blog that is dated June 30th. If you've read that blog, this might contain a lot of information that you've already read, but it also contains some additional material that couldn't be included in that blog. So I hope you'll enjoy this discussion of lifelong friendships and how it reflects, how they reflect the image of God in us. Our oldest son, Caleb, graduated from college in May. On our drive home from the graduation celebration, my husband said, I feel the same now as I did when he graduated from preschool. I understood exactly what he meant. Certainly we were excited about our son's achievement in earning a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering and magna cum laude, no, no less. But the type of diploma that he received that day wasn't really what mattered to us. Our son knows that it's important to work hard and do your best. We believe that he's worked very hard to earn this degree and that he achieved to the best of his ability. He didn't strive for perfection, but he positioned himself to learn as much as possible. He decided to embrace significant challenges, even if it meant a slightly lower GPA, a somewhat higher level of stress, and a little less time for fun. And still, in the midst of all that, he continued to focus on relationships and place people as a priority in his life. We believe he's chosen well. We know he's not perfect by any means, and he hasn't done everything right. But overall, he has made many good choices. Caleb has always been very logical, but also very relational. He has maintained that same attitude that he began to develop back in preschool. He is the same person now as he was then with the same contemplative but fun-loving personality, the same kind heart and generous spirit, the same compassionate and protective nature that we've seen in him from a very young age. He enjoys a challenge and he chooses to persevere. We observed these same characteristics in him at college graduation that we saw in him back in preschool, and this is what we really celebrate. Caleb called me shortly after graduation, and we talked about several of his friends that we had enjoyed spending the weekend with during our celebrations together. He observed that friends he has known for several years maintain the same personality and have the same spirit as when when he first met them years ago. A good friend, someone that you connect with spirit to spirit, is a lifelong friend. When your personality blends well with another personality and when you connect to the soul of another person, you create a bond that lasts forever. These close friendships that Caleb has made while at college will stand the test of time and distance. When you think about your closest friends, do you recognize that this is true? Perhaps this is one way that God's image is displayed in us. Hebrews 13.8 declares that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. In Malachi 3.6 and Revelation 1.8 and Psalm 90 verse 2 and various other places in Scripture, we observe God's unchanging nature. He is, has been, and always will be the same. 
His characteristics of love, patience, justice, holiness, sovereignty, wisdom, truth, goodness, all those great, wonderful characteristics of God, they never change. God created each of us with a personality and certain gifts that remain largely unchanged throughout our lives. We all long to have friends who know us, who understand our true personality, and who can identify our strengths and weaknesses. We want friends who accept us as we are, who choose to love us and encourage us to be the best that we can be, and who somehow still like us and enjoy being with us despite our failures. As a mother, I desire to have this kind of relationship with each of my kids. I also hope that they have these kind of relationships with each other and with others outside of our family. As we move further into summer, many of us as parents will likely find that our kids are longing to spend time with their friends. Perhaps they've been separated from friends more than usual this past year, and they might be searching for ways to reconnect, to renew relationships and restore much of what's been lost in their life and the relationships that they've missed and time that they've missed. We can help kids reconnect to their friends in healthy ways. Most kids seem to have spent more time than expected, more time than we really want them to, in front of screens this past year. Dr. Kathy Cook teaches about the harmful effects of technology on our children. And because of this, I strongly encourage you to help your kids meet with friends in person rather than online or through technology. Summer is a great time to meet with friends and be outdoors and be in person with them. You can help your kids reconnect to friends by asking questions. There's many questions that you can ask that can prompt their thoughts and lead them in thinking in healthy ways about friendships. Some of these questions are, Which friends do you want to see over the summer and make a list? What do you miss or like about those particular friends? What are some of those essential characteristics that you like to have in your friends or that you want your friends to have? What does the Bible say about friends? And how can you be a good friend? I think of Proverbs 17, 17, which says a friend loves at all times. How can you learn to be an even better friend? How can you make your friends feel valued and loved? Is there someone that you know who might be lonely or who you know is definitely lonely? And do you want to reach out to that person? How can you spend time with friends in a way that helps you get to know them better? So going to a movie and spending your whole time together in front of a movie is not necessarily the best way to get to know a person. (laughs) There has to be time to actually engage in conversation in order to further develop a friendship. Some other verses that might be helpful in your discussion with your children. Proverbs 13.20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So encouraging our children to walk with the wise, to choose wise friends so that they then will also become wise and to choose to avoid being a companion of fools because we know that that will lead to harm. 
1 Corinthians 15.33 states, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. We can teach our kids day and night for years about what is right and what is good and good morals and how to behave and what God wants for their lives. But if we then allow them to go and spend a good portion of their time around people that we know are a bad influence on them, all of that teaching, all of that training that we have poured into them might quickly be forgotten. Kathy Cook has a brochure that's titled, Be in Charge of Your Relationships, and it has some very apt, good guidance for teaching. It's a good tool, a good resource to use for teaching your kids about relationships and the difference between surface level acquaintances and the deeper relationships with friends where you develop trust and where you develop the ability to share more of the private information in your that's on your mind and helping our kids identify the difference between those friends that are just acquaintances that we only share certain things with and people as as compared to people that we trust and have developed trust over time so that we can share more information with them It's interesting to think about, as parents, what kind of friendships we have with our children and how that differs from their friendships with their peers or with other adults. The day after our son graduated, that day that he called and we talked about his relationships, it was Mother's Day. At the time, I had been struggling in my thoughts to find words that adequately would describe what it means to be a mother. I've read things such as the poem by William Ross Wallace titled The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, which have helped me to understand the immense value and importance of mothers. But I think the friendship that we have with our mothers is particularly important in our development of relationships in general. I've read significant research about the bond between mother and child that begins even before birth. Perhaps you've read some of those studies as well. The bond that I have as a mother with my children is similar to the bonds that my son has developed with his friends at college, but there is something different about the relationship between a mother and child. Everyone has a mom, and most under, most people understand this unique bond between mother and child. However, some kids don't get along with their mom. Sometimes personalities clash. Sometimes mothers make bad choices and cause long-term harm to their children. If you're one of those who struggle with a painful relationship with your mother, I pray that God will bring healing and help you overcome that pain and move on to have healthy relationships if you haven't done that already. Other people have a great have had a great relationship with their mom, but they've lost their mom to death and and or maybe just can't communicate with their mom anymore. And they miss that friendship that they once had with their mother. And I pray for those that you'll find comfort and that you'll find healthy friendships where you can turn to those friends when you miss your mom. The first mention of mothers in the Bible is in Genesis 2, 
verse 24. Ironically, it is instruction for a young man to leave his mother and instead cling to his wife. Someone once told me that parenting is a continual process of letting go. I've heard that many times over the years. And I know that the day is probably coming someday soon when my oldest son will find a wife who becomes a closer friend to him than I've ever been. He he will leave me in a way that is more than just a physical separation. And our friendship will change in some respects. But the way that I value him and my overall relationship of accepting him and appreciating who he is and understanding him as a person and how God has created him and wired him to be, that won't change. The fact that that I enjoy being with him and enjoy those things about his personality and character, that won't change. It's interesting to think that Eve was called the mother of all living, and it's interesting to note other mothers in the Bible, how, for example, Isaac took Rebekah when she became his wife and took her into the tent of his mother Sarah. And then Rebekah was not necessarily the best example as a mother when she deceived her husband Isaac with Jacob against Esau. It would be interesting to do some more exploration on those mother relationships in scripture and learn more from those, I'm sure, but we'll save that for another day. I'm thankful that I've had a wonderful example to follow in my own mother. She has always demonstrated love and kindness to me and my siblings. I know that she values me and that she is someone that I know will always accept me and love me for who I am, while at the same time encouraging me to grow. There is a level of comfort that I feel with my mom that I don't feel with anyone else. You know, when you're sick or when you're tired, sometimes you just want your mother to comfort and care for you because she knows how to care for you like no one else, at least for, for those of us that were, were blessed to grow up in a home with a mother who, who loved us that way, who cared for us, and who provided for us the things that we needed in order to have and to develop those good, healthy relationships. It's a wonderful gift to have parents who accept you as you are, but who also encourage you to grow. To have parents who can provide you with those feelings of comfort and safety and security while also pushing you to take risks. And having that security allows you to have the freedom to take risks, knowing that even if you fail, that they're still going to accept you. I have other podcasts about that. If you want to go back and look for the ones about belonging and about security, um, those are things that Dr. Kathy talks about in her book, The uh, Five to Thrive, about the five core needs. These are things that, that good parents will instill these truths and, and these kinds of relationships in their children. There's a great deal of research that suggests that the relationship of a father to a child is even more important than that of a mother to a child. And that the affection that a father gives to his daughter and the respect that a father gives to his son, those are some of the most important 
things that a child needs and can receive in their life that will help them to be successful in their own relationships and especially as an adult for for a, a young man to know that he's respected by his father or for a young woman to know that her father sees her as beautiful and demonstrates affection to her. Those are extremely important messages for children to be able to receive from their fathers. So consider that even as you're talking with your children about what kind of friendships they want to pursue. Think about what kind of a friendship you want to have with your children someday and whether you are demonstrating that same kind of acceptance and that same kind of love and that same kind of unconditional respect and admiration of who they are, whether you're valuing them and whether you're demonstrating to them that you believe that they are valuable and that they are a friend that you want to spend time with, that you enjoy spending time with, and that you enjoy who they are. Things to think about that I hope will help build your relationship with your children and help them build relationships with others and that that will glorify God. I pray that all those relationships will bring glory to God. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye.